Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of The New Standard. And you're checking out The New Standard on June 13th, 2021. And joining me, Lance Williams, as always, is my co-host, Neil Kulong. What's happening, Neil? You know, not much. We're expecting some some thunderstorms coming into the area today. We're still trying as a family here to, to get to the pool in a little bit. But it's the, the start of a week. It's the start of uh, the real summer vacation. This is the time where the kids got uh, some other things to do. So um, lounging around all day on the tablet's kind of over. I'm, I'm looking forward to having the mornings alone again. <laughs> well, um, let me advise that you get some SPF 5000 so you don't burn. And uh, so you can maintain a healthy, healthy summer. But special announcement, I want to give a, a big shout out to my daughter, Amiel Rebecca Williams, who is turning 19 today. So this is a fantastic day for myself and for my family. I can remember it fondly on this day, uh, probably about this time we were in the hospital. We had been in the hospital for about five hours already. So we had to rush to the hospital about 4.30 a.m. in the morning because the young lady was on our way and she was trying to come into this world kicking and screaming. So again, I want to send a big shout out to my daughter, Amiel, Rebecca, turning 19. Fantastic young lady going into her sophomore year at Smith University. We love her to the world and to the moons and back. She is definitely loved and appreciated by our family. So, again, I want to dedicate this program to Amiel, Rebecca Williams. On this particular program, we're going to jump into the question, is the Steelers starting 2020 quarterback currently on the roster. Before we jump into that, I want to inform everybody you can find the show on YouTube. Do a search for The New Standard and do a search with that, either with my name, Lance Williams, or Neil Kulong. You should be able to find it. When you find it, please hit the subscribe button and please like all of the previous shows. We have about 12 shows out there. So if you're not doing anything like Neil today and you're going to the pool with your SPF 5000 on, trying not to get sunburnt, why don't you listen to 12 hours of the new standard? Get a nap, wake up, get a brew, get a nap, wake up, listen to some more show. I'm telling you, you will have a fantastic afternoon if you listen to us. And last but not least, the podcast is on all podcast platforms. Apple Apple Media, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, everything is out there. So make sure you like and subscribe to the program and make sure you're getting out there and getting some sun, getting that essential vitamin D. Because if you're like me, many of you have been in the house not getting sun over the past year and a half. But let's jump into the question of, is the Steelers' future starting quarterback for 2020 on the roster? And I want to ask and toss the first question to you, Neil. In terms of a quarterback, a backup quarterback, what are you looking for? What are some key components that you're looking for in evaluating a backup quarterback? Now, this is really the key question, I think, in, in all of this. And to me, uh, the first thing I would put up there would be uh, internal team experience. And I, I say that because – the team needs to know that you know what you're doing and you need to be aware of what they're doing. You have to have been around uh, to, to study tape with the rest of your team to understand how everything works in order to, to step in under the stadium lights and get out of the stadium with a win, as Mike Tomlin would say. That's not as easy to do as people think that it is. 
uh, it affects every player that's on that team in a way that any other position doesn't uh, – it, it doesn't impact anyone else. The backup quarterback coming in, not having nerves, being prepared, all of those things are, are standard. You absolutely have to have that. And when you're on a team like the Steelers certainly have been over the last two decades, your starting quarterback is entrenched. He's well aware of of the fact that he's the person who's going to get to get the start. So he's taken ninety five percent of the reps in in practice. So a huge amount of your preparation as a backup quarterback for a random spontaneous moment is mental. It's all done in the classroom. You have to be a part of whatever system the team is running. You have to be familiar with the coaches, and they have to trust in in you to be able to walk in there and get the job done. That's the most important thing. It's not your arm strength. It's not where you were drafted. It's your ability to walk in the middle of a game and take control of the offense in a way that everybody else is going to respond favorably to in horrible conditions. Keep that in mind. It's not an even scenario. They all know who the starting quarterback is, especially in a team like the Steelers, where there, there is no question. The backups that the Steelers have had, by and large, have been fairly successful. They've been able to do that because the Steelers pride that internal experience, that internal knowledge. Part of that is having been a starting quarterback in the NFL. Part of it is having done it before, walked onto the field and been able to, to get out of the stadium with a win. But, but if you look back throughout all of them, they've had that ability. And most of the time, I mean, it's not, you can't do it necessarily every time, but the Steelers have prided that internal experience. They know what they're getting. They know how to prepare a backup. And they know that a backup can step in and be ready to, to play at a winning level uh, if a starter goes down in the middle of the game. So for me, that that's really what I mean by internal experience. Um, that familiarity. And I, I think the Steelers have prided themselves on having that uh, over the last, well, really just all of Roethlisberger's career, starting with Roethlisberger himself in a way. Ironically, I'm glad you touched on the one point about being mentally tough enough to handle certain situations. Because I think a lot of times, and I'm going to give you guys my, my, my criteria as well, and some of it may echo Neil's. I love the fact that you brought up having to mentally handle tough situations, because I think a lot of times when we have this argument about backup quarterbacks, the situation that we think of is the most sanitized, where they're actually coming into a game after an injury and starting a game where they're starting the next several games where they can get a majority of the reps and get prepared to play in subsequent games. I think a lot of times the conversation is framed around that but a not a lot of the conversation is framed around going into games in tough spots when your starting quarterback gets dinged and you've got to come in like Josh Dobbs did in the Raiders game. They went on to lose that game, but he did come in and made a critical throw to get them back into that football game. Is that type of situation? Can you handle that scenario? And a lot of times, that is the scenario where your, your your starter gets racked, gets takes a big shot. He's out for four series right in a critical juncture of a game where it could go either way. And you have to write the ship and you have to come in and execute the offense on fire on the spot and immediately or you lose that particular ball game. Here are my criteria. And you touched upon that in your comments. Quick study. You've got to be smart. You're not going to get a lot of physical reps, so you've got to be smart on the board. You got to be smart. You got to know the offense, and that goes to your point of having familiarity with the staff and with the offense. Um, 
I think there's an intangible quality that you have to have. You have to be seen, not heard. Because when we're talking about a backup quarterback, in a lot of situations, they're not going to play. But I think they have to be a support in the room to help your starter get prepared. And they have to be a player that's not going to be seen nor heard and that their job is to be ready in a pinch or to be ready over a sustained period of time, but also to be able to get your starter prepared. So I think that combines it with good in the room. They have to know the offense. I think they need to play in a similar style as the starter, not be as physically good, but I think they have to be able to operate portions of the offense from their own physical capability and attributes. I don't think you can have a backup where you have to call a game extremely differently to operate, particularly in the scenario that you described if a player goes into a game when the starter gets hurt. And I agree with you 100%. Having a backup quarterback that's a previous starter is essential and ideal. And to that point, just off the top of your head, who do you think are the best backups currently in the National Football League? And how do you think it relates to how you see the Steelers' current backups? I think it, really those are two very, very different questions. If, if, if we want to evaluate a backup quarterback as a guy that – legitimately could compete for any one of the, the typically six, seven positions that open up um, any off season. That's a different question than who is the best quarterback to back up for a, a certain team. Um, for example, I think Jameis Winston is about as talented a quarterback as, as you'll typically find within the NFL. I think there are issues with um, what exactly Winston's going to do, what his best fit is, how to coach him well. He, he's struggled for sure, but he is incredibly talented as a passer. I don't, I don't think anybody would would disagree with that. Um, Decision making, those sorts of things might be you know still a work in progress for him. But as far as arm talent goes. Um, Winston's up there with, with almost anybody. I mean, he's just an incredible passer. Uh, physically speaking, he's great. Is he the best? Does that make him the best backup quarterback in the game? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I probably not even a backup this year, but it, it, he is really talented on that level. Marcus Mariota, you might put him at the same level, but if you go down and kind of look at somebody like an Andy Dalton in Dallas, um, the experience that Dalton has the, the steadiness of Dalton, uh, we've seen him step in a couple times, not just with, with Dallas, with Cincinnati as well. When he was a backup for uh, early on, he came in right away and played. He was prepared as a backup quarterback. But you, you've seen him do things within the framework of what the team is doing. You don't have to adjust much when, when a kind of a pros pro guy like Dalton comes in. You're happy to have a backup like Dalton. He is much more right now of a legitimate backup quarterback, in my opinion, than Jameis Winston is. Winston is a starter who's not playing at, at that particular moment. Oh. Um, there are also veterans who um, I, I'm looking at a list now. I see Matt Schaub on here. I, I you know, Good for you if you knew that Matt Schaub was still playing the game. I didn't know that. But, um, players like that. I, I didn't know either. <laughs> Schaub has a boatload of experience as a starter as well as a backup. I'm not sure what he could do on the field, but that's a guy that's not going to blink if his number gets called in the middle of a game. He knows what he needs to do to prepare himself to go into that moment. And when he gets out there 
it's it's his it's his backyard as far as you know. I mean, it, he's done that a thousand times. He's been playing. My God, I was a kid when he first started playing. I had no idea he was still in the league. Uh, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco has, you know, believe it or not, availed himself fairly well as as a backup quarterback. He's done a thing or two. Um, Steelers fans certainly, uh, you know, as as any other of the thirty one teams that that didn't have Joe Flacco with them that year, has seen Joe Flacco play well. You've seen him not play well. But he's a veteran. He's experienced. He knows what it would take to get on the field and play. And to, to the level of his physical ability, I don't know how much of that is a concern if you can craft a, a set of plays knowing this is the kind of thing we're going to do in an emergency situation. If our starter goes down, this is the guy that, that is going to come in. These are the things that we're going to do. We're going to prepare for that to some degree to try to get 20, 25 plays to be able to get us out of the stadium. Lance, do you remember back in 2015, um, the Thursday night game in, in Pittsburgh uh, against Baltimore, the one Josh Scobie missed, I think, three or two field goals and an extra point? Steelers yes. ended up losing in overtime. Uh, Mike Vick started yes. that game, and I, I was covering the Steelers that season. I remember, and a lot of this stuff you're not allowed to report on, but I remember them going over what seemed to me uh, a very, very specific set of plays. And I got the impression that with Roethlisberger, who went down, um, in, in the, I believe it was the second half against the Rams the, uh, uh, that Sunday, the prior Sunday, they knew that, that Mike was going to start, and they knew that they were not able to use the entire playbook because I can't even begin to tell you the differences between in, in 2015 uh, between Ben Roethlisberger and Mike Vick, but they weren't even close to, to the same player. Uh, the whole standard is the standard. We have the same level of expectations. That's garbage there's no way that that's true at all what they had with Mike Vick though was experience they knew that he was able to do these things they knew he was not going to flinch in, in in the spotlight he could step into a primetime game against their arch rival against a very good Ravens team and and perform to a certain level but they had to craft a, a certain amount of plays they they needed to be able to get everybody on the same page with a very different quarterback in a shortened week I don't know if there is a tougher assignment for a team week in and week out uh, than, than a, a Thursday night game with your backup quarterback playing for the first time. Uh, Todd Haley, the offensive coordinator, I thought did a pretty good job. He put together about 35, 40 plays. The game went a lot longer than it was supposed to. The Steelers didn't score the points they should have scored, and they had to go into overtime. I believe at that point, just watching them, the way they were coming in and out of the huddle, they didn't have any material left. They didn't have plays left, and they were drawing stuff up on the fly, and they ran out of gas. Scobie couldn't hit a field goal. Eventually, Flacco got the best of them on a deep ball, and Justin Tucker hit the game winner in overtime, a game the Steelers absolutely should have won. But that goes to show you the, the value of preparation in a game. If the Steelers had 60 plays that they could have run with their backup quarterback, they probably win that game. And maybe that season goes a little bit differently. I don't know. But that was a really difficult task uh, simply because their backup quarterback is obviously not going to be as good as their starter. But it would have been an outright disaster if Vic was a rookie stepping into play and they only had 12 plays that they could count on with him and let him go out there and fail. I thought he did. He availed himself fairly well, all things considered. That, to me, is the real value of, of having the veteran who can step in and not be afraid of what's going on, but run the plays that are best suited for him to run. And I, that That's just one example. I mean, we can go across the league and, and constantly find um, a, a high level of 
backups who have stepped in and, and you know did pretty well considering the situation that they were in. Um, the, the Steelers, in, in that regard, have prided the the the, the veteran um, the, their ability to step in and be able to play like that. Uh, not great, but it, in my opinion, it was a winning effort. They had seven points taken off the board because their kicker got the yips and. That was the last game he ever played, unfortunately, for poor Josh Scobie. Uh, the Steelers win that game in regulation if they hit those field goals, though. So um, Vic played well enough to win that game, and that's that's how they prepared him to be able to play. And to me, having the ability to do that with your back and quarterback can be the difference between uh, um, a, a total disaster of a season and one that you exceed expectations, all things considered. You made a good point where you talked about the difference between a starter – who's currently not starting, like Jameis Winston, who's currently backing up, and a backup. Tease the difference. What's the difference between those two? And, and the next thing I want to ask you is, along with that is, there is a term that's always been stated. And I like how you talk about the fungibility or the fungible nature of having a veteran, that they're adaptable, they're fungible, and you can get a different types of things and they're flexible out of them in a game where there's probably things in your offense that you can target that they can do and you can come up with a specific package. But speak to the difference between a starter who is not starting and a backup, because I thought you brought out a nice point there. And is the term, and we talked about axioms and classic axioms last week, if you didn't listen to the show where we're talking about the things that the Steelers defense would need to do and if defense wins championships, check out that show from last week. Speak to this term. I need my backup quarterback to be able to win me four games. I've heard that stated a zillion times. How accurate do you think that is? Because I don't necessarily think it's accurate in my opinion. I think you need your football team to rally around your backup, and you need to get production in other areas to support your backup to enable you to win four games. Speak to those two questions, the difference between a starter who's not starting and a backup QB in that axiom that I just mentioned. Yeah, you, you, you call me out on it, and I'll be honest. I think looking at it objectively, what I'm probably really saying is um, more of a veteran who's not going to get paid to be the starter again. Okay. Uh, his best days are probably behind it. Okay. That's like I mentioned, your Andy Dalton's, your Joe Flacco's, right. those types. Um, are those guys that could come in and play and, and potentially win four games for you? I think so, um, that that's the value of their abilities as players. Nobody's going to pay them to be a starter anymore because the, it's a young league and we're getting five, six quarterbacks drafted in the first round every year. Guys like that are going to get pushed to the side pretty quickly. You know, they, they, you don't get much of an opportunity to come in and play unless you haven't played. That, that's the nature of the NFL. Um, I think what it speaks to is – development versus previously established um, a backup who's on his rookie contract probably hasn't got an opportunity yet, or he was never drafted to have that starting opportunity. He was drafted to be a backup. Um, we get in there to kind of a gray area of what Mason Rudolph was really drafted for with the Steelers when he was drafted. You could go either way, but um, I, I look at a guy like CJ Beathard, for example. Let me pause you real quick. I know what Mason Rudolph was drafted for. For the female fan base, they needed a pretty face at the quarterback position. But go ahead. God. Oh boy, that's 
<laughs> We're not going to get into one of this show, but I really hope that there are others that they could have considered if that's the they, case. They love his. They love his hair. He's he's pretty Mason Rudolph. They, they, what a they disaster. Okay. It looks more like a modern Popeye to me. If you were to make a, a, a cartoon, never mind. I'm not getting into this. Backups. By and large, if they are the veteran presence, I think it also speaks to who the starter is. If, if you are um, – look at what's going on in Houston right now. Tyrod Taylor makes sense in Houston with or without Deshaun Watson for that reason. Tyrod Taylor, in my opinion, is a starter who doesn't have a starting job, but he's he's bleeding into uh, backup territory. The veteran um, who can help break down film. But let's keep in mind, too, here's another point that we need to make. Backup quarterbacks are not in their positions necessarily to sit there and be ready to go in and play in the off chance that the starter gets hurt. Backup quarterbacks are there to prepare the starter. That's why in in a team where you have an unquestioned uh, starting quarterback, your backup is there to help you uh, evaluate film, look for different things. Um, Not, not, I don't want to say a coach, but just as much a coach as a player until they have the, the moment where they need to go in. Why do you think it is Tampa Bay signed um, – uh, oh, my God, I can't think of his name. Blaine Gabbard. They, they they signed Blaine Gabbard because Tom Brady likes working with Blaine Gabbard. It's not because Blaine Gabbard right. is a quality quarterback. It's because Tom Brady is going to get the reps, and their best chance to win is Tom Brady being in the game and being ready uh, enough to have an edge over their opponent and beat them in many ways mentally. Because that's really where Tom Brady is nowadays. It's not a physical thing with him. He knows how he knows how to outthink whatever defense he's going up against. He feels Blaine Gabbert helps him do that. So Tampa Bay went and signed Blaine Gabbert. He's with him in New England as well. Um, I think to to some degree, we've heard Ben talk about Landry Jones. He's appreciated the effort that Landry did back in the day. And I think to some degree, he likes where where Rudolph is now too. Charlie Batch was instrumental in helping him out. He spoke well about Byron Leftwich. These are all veteran quarterbacks that were brought in during Ben's prime when it was obvious the way, except for Landry, but the other ones were, were veterans who were there not to start, not to challenge, not to wait for their opportunity, but to help prepare the starter. So it's not just about sitting there on your own and, and screwing around until it's time for you to go in the game. They have active roles on game days. They're on the sidelines. They're giving signals. They're looking at, at the, the photos that come out. They're on the tablets kind of picking out what a defense is doing. They share that information. So they're, they're communicating. And I think that goes along with what your game plan is. So the, the, the guys who are in a position uh, to, to start um, for another team, should the opportunity come up, which I think is probably a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick, um, he, he's shown to be pretty good as a starter. He's shown to be a, a guy that can come in off the bench uh, either during the game or if, if you have that four-game stretch where you're going to miss your starter. He's the type of guy that you would want as your kind of your pure backup, whereas um, the, the, you're not pulling a starter for a pure backup. Maybe right. that makes better right. sense. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Your, your, your starter who should be star- – your starter who doesn't have a starting job and that that's kind of an odd thing for me to say in a league that I can't say has 32 good starting quarterbacks, but your starter who doesn't currently have a job, that's the guy you'd bench your starter for. So it it really almost kind of matters the quarterback situation itself. And a lot of that's going to be defined by the age and the experience of who the starter is. And that that's a team by team thing. Um, It's something we're going to figure out probably more as the year goes on. Uh, We saw it in Miami last year that kind of gives rise to it in Washington this year. Um, 
rookies coming in along with a, a, a veteran starter in case you know the rookie can't quite hack it right away. They've got the veteran in place to be able to start games while the rookie develops. So uh, three tiers to this probably. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying perfectly. And I, I think what you're saying is like in the case of Jameis Winston, he's a gift and a curse. So in a situation where you have a starter that's shaky, Let's say the starter was Mitch Trubisky in Chicago last year, and you bring in Jameis Winston. You initially, you automatically start a quarterback controversy. Because I think what a lot of people don't realize, if you've never known professional athletes, and I, I hate to paint with a broad brush, but you know, of course, when you say that you are, um, they can be insecure. They can be very insecure. Because um, it's a success-driven business, and they've had so much success at it so they have to be mentally strong to when they when they struggle that they can rebound and continue to play positive football because they've had so much success so it's 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 an insecure place that they are in and so if you bring a a starter that's no longer starting not a backup into a situation where your starter is not the solidified starter you can create a bad situation. So a Jameis Winston can be a curse in that situation. If you bring Jameis Winston into a situation like he was with New Orleans last year with Drew Brees as the starter, he's it's it's a gift because Drew Brees is the starter. Yeah. There is no question. He's the gift. He's going to get prepared by Drew. He's going to help Drew prepare. He's going to do all the things that you just said, and you strengthen your room in case Drew can't play. You can bring a guy that was a former number one draft pick overall into play for the same reason. If he were a backup in Pittsburgh, it would be a positive for the same reasons. Ben is going to be the starter. There's no question there. And, you know, Jameis Winston is going to be that guy. So and he's a positive in a situation which New Orleans is in right now where he can compete with Taysom Hill and potentially be your next starter. So I love the way you broke that down. Let's jump into the next question. Break down a couple of strengths and weaknesses for each backup currently on the Steeler roster. And let's start with um, Josh Dobbs. And, and, and quickly speak to something that you texted me about Josh Dobbs yesterday and something that you were thinking when you give Josh Dobbs his weaknesses and strengths. Well, I think of, of Dobbs, you'll have to help me with what exactly I text you. But when I, when I look at Dobbs, I look at a guy that has that experience. You mentioned it earlier when he, he stepped in against the Raiders that one week through, I think it was a 20-yard completion, a ball that looked pretty good. Um, I don't know how, how well he, he graded out the rest of that game for the rest of his time in there. But he showed that he could step in and, and make a play when his team needed to make it. On top of that, he's been in the system for a while. They're familiar with him. They know what the coaching knows what to expect out of Josh Dobbs. They know how he prepares. Ben is used to having Dobbs there to help out with things, to, to help get him ready as a starter. I feel uh, they brought him back uh, almost entirely, not to bleed into the next backup here, but because they're not the Steelers are not willing to just give Dwayne Haskins a roster spot. However, if they want to keep three quarterbacks, if they only have three in camp, which they never do, by the way, they always have four. It's just usually. This is what you were talking about. This is what you were talking about. Usually when they have four quarterbacks, the fourth quarterback is Duck Hodges. It's not Josh Dobbs. Dobbs was the third quarterback that year. Um, if you have Haskins on your team, in my opinion, Dwayne Haskins didn't exactly 
uh, endear himself to, to be a backup quarterback, a player that you could count on um, from a, a preparation standpoint. When you have Ron Rivera, a highly revered, highly respected coach in the league, flat out say publicly that Dwayne Haskins didn't prepare himself. They wanted to get more out of him with that, and he didn't do it. When you have somebody calling you out for that, it's really hard to question the validity of it. And that's an, a very important point in, in Haskins' development. Haskins is also a kid. Keep that in mind. He's not old, okay? This is his third year in the NFL. He has starting experience, and he's got a live arm. Ben's not lying about that. Throw the ball through the car wash and it doesn't get wet. <clears throat> Haskins can throw the ball. So with that, the, you you have inherent value in, in the NFL as a quarterback forever uh, if you were able to sling it the way that Haskins can. The issue with Haskins is the question of preparation. Do you want him to be your primary backup if he showed over the last two years making uh, $2, 3000000 million, whatever it is, um, after his signing bonus in salary – to go in there and play and to earn his job and to, to build a legacy for himself. He didn't do it. So I, for me, I don't know if it's worth um, bringing in Haskins and, and letting him feel like he's just on the roster automatically. He's got to earn it. And the best guy I could think of for the Steelers to bring in to show Haskins that they're serious about needing to see his level of work ethic is Josh Dobbs, the guy that somehow or other, um, he, for whatever reason, Jacksonville wanted – they, they're willing to give up a fifth-round pick for Dobbs two years ago. You might remember that. That is the only reason Doc Hodges was even on the Steelers was because Jacksonville wanted Dobbs. Otherwise, it would have been Ben, Rudolph, and Dobbs. I don't think that was really even a question. Um, that, that, that's a great point you make before you continue and finish. That's a great point you make about just having Dobbs on the roster and his familiarity with everyone in the building, including Ben, and having a strong Ben cosign says to Haskins, your spot's not guaranteed. I know about your physical ability. I know about your pedigree from Ohio State as a first-round draft pick. But, hey, there are some hurdles that you need to step over and hop over and leap over if you're going to beat out Dobbs, let alone be the backup over Rudolph. But continue. Yeah, that, that's that's really it. I mean, it, it's you couldn't find anybody who would be more internally imposing to Haskins in an effort to make a legitimate third string quarterback push. And keep in mind too, they're expanding the practice squads again. And Haskins is still, I believe, practice squad eligible. So they very well could take wow. Dobbs anyway. You know, it, wow. it could be Dobbs, it could be Haskins, but it, it, they might keep all four of them. But in the pecking order of things, it's really hard for, for Haskins to sit there. If, if Haskins' mind is right, he should be worried about that. That should be a mark that should fire him up. That should get him competitive. He's going to need to be on his game because now Dobbs not only has NFL experience, he has it on the field with the Steelers, as does Rudolph, obviously, as does Ben. Uh, Haskins has started not with Pittsburgh. So to me, that it's more a shot across Haskins' bow to say, look, we're taking this seriously. All of that said, I don't think that the team looks at Haskins and says, this is Duck Hodges. We don't care doesn't make a difference. He makes the team if he wants to. If he doesn't, screw him. doesn't matter to us. I think they look at him legitimately as, hey, you know what? Our, our one-year investment on kind of you know giving him the business and making him step up and show us that he's willing uh, to compete, he's willing to learn, he's willing to prepare, could net us a really cheap start. I don't know if you guys year. can still hear Neil um, in Did the I live chat, but it looks like we're having a little bit of technical difficulty. Hopefully, Neil uh, will pop back on. Um, 
and um, we will continue this discussion as we break down the uh, weaknesses and strengths of each particular quarterback. Um, what? Am I seriously not on? Now it kicked me out. Or Lance is gone, one or the other. I guess maybe the same thing happened to him. Um, hopefully, listeners, um, too bad. Unfortunately, we got uh, cut off a little bit here. And um, I'll have to add Neil back to the live stream and we'll jump back on. I apologize for that. Not sure why uh, we lost the connection, but I'm going to send Neil uh, the invite back. But I agree with Neil that um, a lot of the issues um, um, with Haskins are are just like that. Let me add Neil back to the stream and we have Neil back again. Sorry about that, listeners. For some reason, we got knocked off. Neil, continue with your points. I'm not sure exactly where I cut off, but the idea here is that Haskins is not going to be given the job. They brought Dobbs in specifically to push Haskins for that job. I think they're doing that knowing in mind that if Haskins is able to overcome this challenge, he will have done it showing them the things that they need to, to show to give him the opportunity to maybe be the, the, the starting quarterback next season. I think he earns that opportunity with a successful push through the challenge they're putting in front of him. And I think it's a brilliant move. I think it's exactly what you need to do. Um, I, we've mentioned Haskins' arm. We've mentioned his physical ability. He's there as a passer. Uh, he needs to put the work in. And there's a substantial amount of work, okay? that That's not a cliche. You really need to put in a lot of work. I mentioned Brady before. Brady wins games mentally now. 75% of the time, he knows exactly what a defense is doing. His physical abilities are not nearly what they used to be. He's not a, 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 a high-end thrower the way that he was. He just knows exactly where to go with the ball. Haskins is the polar opposite of that, where he sits today. But imagine if you brought both of those things together for a kid like Haskins. You're going to have a good player. That's what they're banking on. That's what's important. Also, keep in mind, I didn't mention this either. Not only did they, not, did they sign Dobbs to come in and compete now, they gave Rudolph an extension to be there next year. So really what they're telling Haskins is you're going to have to beat him twice if you want this job, okay? You're going to have to perform right. at the level that he's at now coming in without knowing anything to earn the opportunity to compete against next year because we're giving him $4 million to be on this team next year. We're giving him money to stay on the roster to compete for that starting job. So I, I think that the table is set for Haskins, but it's not – it. It's not an unclear path. It's not uncertain. It looks pretty obvious to me. That's what he needs to do uh, in order to be the starting quarterback. And frankly, I you know I, I think there's value in that as opposed to drafting a kid that you don't know anything about to to step in and you know presumably take the job from day one if they're drafting him you know seven eight nine overall. You have to kind of think that that's probably going to be the guy. But it, overall, they're giving themselves options. And I think that's the key with all of it. That's why Dobbs is there. That's why they picked up Haskins. That's why they gave Rudolph an extension. So to answer the question of the show, I don't know. But the Steelers don't, don't, don't know either. And they're don't trying answer to find that, that question. Out. Don't answer that question yet. We're going to wait to get to that question. So some of the strengths that you said with Dobbs, familiar familiar with his skill set, used to being used to being there, knows the offense. I would imagine that those are some of the positives as well 
with Mason Rudolph, familiar with the skill set, used to be in an office, knows the offense. I think one thing you could add with Rudolph is he started a significant amount of games with them. So they see how he reacts in stadiums, under pressure, under the lights, so to speak, and they can see if they feel like they can come out of stadiums and get wins. One weakness, though, for, for Mason Rudolph, pocket presence. It, you know, his pocket presence, pocket awareness, or lack thereof, as you put a zero, is alarming. I mean, that. I mean that's – I mean, I don't know how you teach that other than it comes from reps and playing. It, it it just is it was just very bad and very inconsistent. And and I'm asking about Mason Rudolph because we've heard a lot of stuff in the press over the last couple of weeks about Mason Rudolph, some statements that he's made that he's preparing to be the starter in the future. And I think that's what you know sparked my mind to do this show about that. Um, and it, I'm, honestly, I'm going to just say flat out, I, I'm not pleased as a fan or happy with the prospect of Mason Rudolph being the starter. So I understand what the Steelers are doing around the one year, and we've done a couple of shows about this, and there's no coincidence that it's a one-year deal. Um What's your thought of Mason Rudolph overall as a backup and as a future starter? And I, I'm assuming you agree with me because you put up the zero in terms of pocket presence and pocket awareness. Rudolph. Okay. I'll say this, my opinion, not a doctor, but my opinion, <laughs> that hit that Earl Thomas put on him in, in his first appearance, he didn't get over that that first year 2019 uh by the time rudolph came to and came back from that that hit that blasted him across the allegheny against baltimore i don't think he was ready to, to play cognitively i don't think he was and i'll say this i i'm giving him the benefit of the doubt if that's the case because he was lost for a, a, a huge portion of those starts the games that he came in it was like the, the best way that i could describe it is trying to teach my eight-year-old how to ride a bike Sometimes she'll pedal and she won't steer. Sometimes she'll steer and she won't pedal. She can't put both of those things together at the same time in order to get the bike to, to move forward. What you see from that is a deer in headlights look. Sometimes he's feeling the pressure. Sometimes he's looking downfield, but he's never doing both at the same time. He doesn't have that feel. And that's why you remember the, the, the safety he took, I think it was against the Rams, and the reason I don't know that for sure is because he took multiple safeties, okay? I don't know how many quarterbacks take multiple safeties in a year, but that doesn't happen often. Both of them were him taking a seven-step drop and just hanging out like, like there's nothing else around him. Both of those times looked to me like he wasn't able to feel because he was busy looking down the field. Other times you see him, when he gets in trouble inside the pocket, he's looking at the pressure and not the, the, the receivers who were in front of him. That it's not easy. Don't get me wrong. I, I think that really more than anything is the, the key ingredient to a successful quarterback. And from there, building that instinct up to see what the defense is doing so it can be a quick read on, on whatever you're doing. But to me, it's processing speed. He's not able to do both of those things simultaneously. And because of that, he hangs on to the ball 
way too long for a player that, that's as statuesque as he is. He's about as fast as you and I are laterally. He can't escape pressure. If there's pressure, he's going down unless he gets rid of the ball. So it, that to me is a weakness overall. He can't find the look that he needs right away. He's not able to cycle through the, his progression fast enough to deliver the ball and not be able to rely on any kind of you know significant natural athleticism to avoid pressure and make a playoff schedule. He doesn't do any of those things. So it, to me, it, it's I don't know how many reps it takes to do that. I just know that he's gotten a substantial amount of them uh, probably more than a lot of other players will. So I think we're going to see, and it, don't give me the preseason either. I don't care about that. He's going to succeed in the preseason when he's up against scrubs. You know, that that's not an issue. It, it, if he gets in games this year, we're going to see what happens uh, to him as a player, as a passer, how he's developed, and that's going to help determine where he's going to be next season. Like Double HH said, thanks Double HH for chiming onto the show. Hopefully, listeners, the show didn't cut off, but if it did, we're sorry. Things happen in this internet world. Mason said, uh, excuse me, Double HH said, Mason thought he was playing for the Bungles after that hit. Yeah, it was pretty yeah, um, bad. It's, hey, it's funny and all. It ain't a one of us that could have taken that hit. Yeah, that was, okay. Okay. No, that was no, no, as no, no. brutal a hit as you're going to see. He got cleaned on that. It, and and I don't think he was right for two months. I really don't. If you watched him, especially in comparison to, to what he did in 2020 when he played, he was like, it, it, I felt bad for him when he was out there. It's like, he's not right. You can't tell me that he is cognitively able to play this game right now, but he's not going to say no. And it, it's, it's football versus society. I don't want to make a huge thing of it, but he didn't look right to me. I also understand there's no way they wanted Duck Hodges in that many games. You know, they, there's just no way. The least talented quarterback I think it has ever started for the Steelers was Devlin Duck Hodges. He was awful. Um, he did a thing or two maybe here and there, but Rudolph just didn't look right to me. Um, they threw him in there for as long as they possibly could to try to get him to, to get it right, but I don't think he was all there. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, not being a physician, obviously, and I did not stay at a Holiday Inn. It was funny about your 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 talking about uh, your daughter trying to learn how to ride a bike. That's kind of how I feel teaching my daughter how to drive a, a car. It's, <laughs> Great, it's, 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 it's pretty eight it's, years for that. Then. It, 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 it's pretty much the same thing, kind of deer in headlights. It's kind of that fear and that apprehension, and that goes to a point that I brought up earlier about professional athletes and insecurities and confidence um yep. you know that type of hit it's just scary i mean and, and, and it's and it's entirely understandable if you have some level of trepidation although you've played the quarterback position for maybe 20 years of your life that's where i think a lot of uh professional athletes when it comes to confidence how just how fragile confidence is and confidence is, is a thing that you have to maintain. You need repeated success. Now, had he been able to come back the next week, stand in, take some hits, make some throws, they win a game. He makes a critical play in that game. To you, We might be talking about a very different player because that might have been something he was able to overcome pretty quickly. But I think that was a great point. I, I think that probably really affected his ability to grow as a player. So let's jump into the next question here. And it's 
Who do you think is on the roster? Excuse me. Who do you think is the backup currently this year and who will be the starter? Let me give you my answer to who's going to currently be the backup. I think the backup unquestionably is Mason Rudolph. I, I think it isn't clear if Haskins will make the roster. I think they're going to give Haskins every opportunity to make the roster. And, and while you were talking, I tried to look up the practice squad rules, but I, I don't know. I mean, practice squad rules, stuff like that. Sometimes it just flies over at my head. I can't process it quickly. So I'm just going to assume that you are correct, that he is practice squad eligible. And that might be the ultimate in doing it that way is putting him on a practice squad. But there's no way he'll stay on the practice squad. If they put him on a practice squad, he'll get signed um, by, by somebody. I think everybody is practice squad eligible. So, you know, you know, it is. I think if you play over three accrued seasons, then you yeah, are. That, that's the way it was for the for the pandemic. They relaxed all of that, and they're going to continue that this season as well. So they they can put anybody on the practice squad. But yeah, to your point, you're you're able to, um, you, you can sign somebody else off of another practice squad. So the the, you, the spirit of it is still intact. It's just before there were eligibility rules. Now there's not going to be. So a lot of teams are putting a fourth quarterback or a third quarterback onto the practice squad. So what's up, Kenneth McNair Jr.? Thanks for hopping on. Ken from in Jersey, from New Jerusalem. Big up to you. So I'm going to answer it this way. The backup will be Mason Rudolph. And the starter for the 2022 season, in my opinion, is on the roster. Unfortunately for Steeler Nation, I think it will be Mason Rudolph. But I think the backup next year for 2022 will be Dwayne Haskins. And I think it will be an open competition for who's going to be the starter. Mason Rudolph will start. But I think at some point in time, I think Dwayne Haskins, if he does what he's supposed to do because of his physical ability and pedigree, will end up being the starter for the Steelers, but in 2023. So I think the backup and the starter is on the roster on the 22 season. So my crystal ball oh. is big as hell. So I think Mason Rudolph's going to be the starter next year. And I think he's going to be the backup this year. At least the Steelers female fans will have an attractive quarterback <laughs> that they can, that, that, you know, that will is, spark is that some even, tickets. Is that out. even the truth, though? <laughs> that's what I've heard. I mean, that's what I've heard on this. I, I, I haven't gotten into discussions along those lines. But, but they love his hair. He's a matinee idol. I'll, I'll say this. It, it, you you suggested the idea, and I guess maybe I haven't even thought of this. You suggested the idea of Rudolph starting in 22 and Haskins starting in 23, and I just feel sick. I mean, that, that's, that could happen. <laughs> that's a long time from now. Could you imagine? I... Oh my God! This is—it's it, like pre-ban so, all over again. So let me like just they say, didn't I don't learn anything think, from the rest of the league. But let me just say this: I don't think, it, it, and I think you're going to tease this outside of going and getting an established free agent starter, a guy that gets himself out of a bad situation. I don't think there's any easy answers at the quarterback position. Absolutely I think, not. You know, Absolutely they're going to no easy. Answers. They're going to be trying to escape the wilderness, and they're going to be trapped in Egypt for forty years. So, I mean, I mean, that, I mean, so, you know, this is where I think it is. I mean, outside of them getting, a, you know, outside of them getting, a, you know, them getting a quarterback 
from some other team that's disgruntled that wants to get out. That that's 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 the new standard, though. Really, <laughs> that's that's how it works. Quarterbacks are aware of the fact that they don't have to. They they hold all the cards. There's just way too much value in that position to think that they have to follow letter for letter what's in their contract. And we're seeing that right now. Aaron Rodgers seems like he is intent to not play this season. And if you followed Aaron Rodgers in this career. This is not a guy who messes around. When he says he's going to do something, he does it, okay? He's got some type of internal family issue that's lasted over a decade, and he hasn't spoken to any of them, okay? Yes. That's, that's a <laughs> yeah. weird dude, okay? He's that a, that he's takes a, red a lot. He's, he's, he's not messing around, ass. okay? Brian Gutekunst is not talking him out of that. So he's going to get his way out of town. Whatever it is that's happening with Deshaun Watson doesn't seem like a good situation. It seems kind of like both sides would be interested in, in, in a break of that relationship, he might be available. Russell Wilson is not happy. He's got two years left on his deal that are pretty team-friendly, which I think is probably the root of Russell Wilson's issue. I, he can say whatever he wants about everything else. If they're not giving him an extension, I could see why he might be upset. He's got no guaranteed money coming left, two years on a contract. If Seattle isn't going to show him he's going to be their guy for, for the rest of his career, you know why, why wait? Because you want me to play like this? We know that Earl Thomas had a problem with that. Earl Thomas expressed that in, in a variety of different ways back when he was with Seattle. If that's how Seattle does business, Wilson wants out. He could demand himself a trade if he's going into the last two years of his contract and he doesn't like it. Make him, you know, what are you going to do? I'm not going to play. You can find me. I've been paid as much as, as I've been paid. You can find me as much as you want. You don't have a quarterback. So you either need to trade for one or you need to give me my money. That That's the attitude that quarterbacks can have. So there will be quarterbacks available via trade. It's going to cost you in your cap immediately. It's going to cost you draft picks. The other option, obviously, is drafting one. Now, are you going to get high up enough to, to be able to do that? I just saw it, in my opinion, a top four talent of this draft taken at 11 overall when a team traded up from 15 to get him. I think the high end for the Steelers draft this season is going to be 15. I think... This is a class that isn't all that dissimilar. Uh, the, the 22 class quarterback-wise is not going to be all that dissimilar from 21. So if the Justin Fields uh, uh, comparison is available at 11, the Steelers are at 15, you can make that trade. You have to make that trade. You need to do something about You cannot have a, a Mason Rudolph versus Dwayne Haskins battle exist twice in two seasons. This is not 1986 anymore, okay? This is not Phil Sims versus Jeff Hostetler. You need to have a development plan in place. And it's not Mason Rudolph. Plain and simple, it is not Mason Rudolph. Um, if he has to be a bridge quarterback for a year, okay, I'm not happy about it. But you gave him a one-year contract. You're even telling me right now you don't believe he's your long-term guy. So Ben's not going to get jealous in his last year. If you need to lock up Mason, if he really is your guy, then he's your guy. You should sign him. But they're not going. They're, they didn't. They actively chose not to. So they're opening it up. You got to draft somebody. In my opinion, the, the answer comes in the draft. So the starter for the Steelers twenty twenty two. You saying is a draft pick, first round draft pick. <laughs> this is where it gets tricky. I think somebody from the twenty twenty two draft is going to to be on the Steelers roster at the quarterback position. I don't think. I, I agree with you in a lot of cases. Here, here's the scenario that I see it. I think they're going to draft somebody. I think knowing them, they're going to start Rudolph in week one. 
I don't think he's going to keep the job. This goes back to what we were talking about as far as defining the backup. When you have a rookie first-round pick, he's going to start at some point. He's going to. You sign a guy like Rudolph to be the lead horse. You don't sign him to actually compete for the job. You sign him to get in the way of the guy to make him hungry to go get the job. He eventually is going to start. I think that's what the Steelers are going to do. I think they're going to draft somebody in the first round who's going to co- to compete with Mason Rudolph for, for that starting position. But Rudolph has the deck heavily stacked in his favor at that point. Uh, Rudolph is going to start a game, but the rookie will start a game at some point as well. So what, what do you, I mean, where do you see? I mean, we talked about it, and it's funny how people teased it out there. So your backup for 2021, before I ask you this last question, your backup for 2021 is Rudolph. It's Rudolph. It's Rudolph. So give me your so give me your your, your three quarterbacks that make the the the, the team for 2021. Uh, for me, it, it's going to be Ben and Rudolph on the game day roster. I think Haskins is going to be on the practice squad. Just because they can, I don't think they're going to keep four quarterbacks. I think Dobbs is there because, one, they always keep four quarterbacks, and, two, it's going to make Haskins, who is considerably more talented uh, of a passer than, than Dobbs is, it's going to make Haskins have to compete for reps. And uh, keep in mind, all three of them are going to get a ton of time in three preseason games to show that they're prepared, that they're ready to step in and play. And, frankly, the Steelers should rip everybody they play in preseason this year. If you've got Rudolph – experienced Dobbs experienced Haskins experienced they've got the best quarterback trio in the game I mean as sad as that is for the preseason (laughs) yeah it's almost like Landry Jones records are going to be under watch you know Rudolph might step into some of that now do you think he'll survive in terms if they put him try to put him on a practice squad you think he gets signed off Haskins um I don't know I I don't think the Steelers it is the tough part but the the converse of that would be telling Haskins that he's the backup quarterback over Mason Rudolph, which I don't think that yeah. sends any better of a message. Yeah. Now what, what you're saying is we value Haskins so much, this player who was you know, cast off as a first-round draft pick who threw away millions of dollars in one offseason, he's good enough for us to say we need to go out of our way to protect him. No, they're going to put him on the practice squad. They're going to tell everybody else we value him as a practice squad player. You want to come sign into your active roster, which you still have to do. Okay, go for it, I guess. I, I don't know how long you're going to keep him. You could have claimed him. You didn't do that. The Panthers right. were the only other team that, that competed for him. That That's just one way of looking at it. That doesn't right, mean. Right, 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 right. It doesn't just for the same reasons as I would have said two years ago, there's no way any team would give up an asset for Josh Dobbs, and somebody did. It only right, takes one right. team. Right, it's going to if be I'm the Steelers, though, that's what I'm saying. That That's the ground I'm going to hold. That's going to be some interesting poker there because you know the you and my thought is that there will be a team to take the risk because because this is super low risk. I mean, you know, you're playing poker with a two year old. I mean, they don't really know the game. You can bluff your way to winning every pot. I mean, it's it's, it's, it's you do that a lot. <laughs> I don't I don't play poker. I'm I'm pretty bad at. It. I have too many tails. Um, so you know, I'm like, oh yeah yeah, I got a good hand. I got a good hand. I, I got too many tails, and so I'll lose. They'll see the excitement. <laughs> on my face and I'll lose. So to summarize your, 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 your starter of course has been your backup is Rudolph and your practice squad player is going to be Dwayne Haskins. And they'll now, keep, I, I'm saying they're going to put Haskins on the practice squad. They the could roster squad. three quarterbacks. I don't think that they'll do that, but they could, uh, they haven't right. recently. It's to go against what I said earlier, as far as dare somebody to sign him. If you want to practice squad quarterback, 
fine. You know, what are we going to do about it? You got to put him on your main roster and then guarantee his contract. For us, we think of him as a practice squad player. The, the, op, the, the antithesis of that would be they roster him. They give him one of the 53-man roster spots. I just don't know if they want to do that. Um, if they do, in my opinion, it will be to protect him. But he won't dress. Um, they'll only dress two. Right. So that that's just my thought. I, I could see it going either way. And we've yeah. got a long training camp and, and preseason to evaluate to, to really get a sense of that. If they like what he does, if he shows up and he works hard – they could give him a roster spot, but it, it's not going to be over Rudolph for sure. Rudolph is their locked yeah. in backup quarterback. There's yeah, no if, they, if, if they give him a roster spot, it's it's everything that you said. They like his progression, and they want to make sure to give him some time to continue to do that over the course of the season. If they put him on a practice squad, it could be the same thing. However, they're getting a sense that no one in the league is going to go get him and they can keep that roster spot for somebody else, special teams player, somebody else. But I still but I think Haskins is in a developmental period for all of the 2021-2022 season. Absolutely. If he's if he's on the roster, this is a 10-month audition. Uh, yep. just to see what he's going to be. So, your quarterback you're starting is Ben then Rudolph then then Haskins on a practice squad or roster, but never dressing on the active roster. Your starter for 2022 is currently not on the roster. I hope it's, he's or, or, or there's a battle. <laughs> you, you think, that, or, or there's a battle. It's Rudolph, but for a very short period, and the eventual starter is currently playing college football. Yeah, okay, I, I, like I, that. Think, I, I think there's a top 15 draft pick who's going to be a quarterback who's going to come in. I think Rudolph will be the guy that they'll want to start right away, but that that's he's a lead horse. You know, he's making the the young guy beat him before he's going to get into to game competition. Um, and, and I don't mean disrespect to Rudolph in that way. I just think Rudolph is probably a career backup quarterback, and oh, they're no going to draft a starter. Um, I, no I hope that they do anyway. Um, if they wait on that, you're you're wasting time, in my opinion. I, I don't know. Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert both signed four-year extensions. I can't for the life of me see why they would want to do that unless the idea was to start developing another quarterback, one who is not Mason Rudolph, no, one no, no, that, no. that probably isn't Dwayne Haskins, not closing the door on Haskins. I'm just saying right, right. what we know today, that's not a plan. You know, Haskins' development is not a plan. That is the result of Haskins showing up and doing the work. Then right. he can get a, a plan of some type. For now, that currently I, I would hope they are heavily scouting every quarterback and they're, they're looking to take one of those in the first round. I would hope that that's their plan. And I want to give us some props because I think we were the first show to kind of talk about what we saw in the signing of Haskins. And it's funny how, you know, it kind of happens later. Depending on the size of your platform, you know, sometimes your opinions can be ignored. And so we, we've we been talking about Haskins for a long time. So it felt kind of weird in this Steeler football podcast space where people started talking about Haskins as if he wasn't signed months ago. 
and how yeah, it wasn't this, it wasn't obvious of what they were trying to do. They were like was, hell, this was pre March even. This, yeah, it was this like, was a futures contract guy. I mean, this yeah, wasn't I mean, a free agent. Yeah, like he was brought was, in with this in mind. You know, yeah, exactly. none of this like, is this a was, surprise. Yeah, this wasn't a surprise. This was months ago. And as Jalen Rose from Jalen Jacoby, Jalen Rose, former point guard for the Fat Five, says, you know, breaking old news. Like, you know, break. Yeah, you know, it was like breaking old news. So it was interesting to hear that. But we're going to go ahead and get out of here. Neil, I'm going to go let you enjoy the pool and have a fantastic Sunday with your family. Again, want to dedicate this show to Amiel Rebecca Williams celebrating her 19th birthday. When I get off of here, we're probably going to go to San Francisco. She's going to hang out with her friends and have a fantastic day. And then probably next week, probably tomorrow, we'll have some cake and ice cream and celebrate her birthday again, dedicating this show to her uh, 19th birthday. Forging on into a new strange world. But with that, listeners, we're going to conclude the program. And as always, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. Look at us ending the show right at an hour. That's the first time that's happened.